don't you tell us, Tim, we're just a little nutshell thing, what you're doing, okay? Just have Jill come up here. You stay up there. <clears throat> I'll be going with a team of uh, six people from the United States. One of the young men is a uh, part of the YWAM base in Montana, Youth with a Mission. And uh, so he's kind of leading the team. His dad will be going along. His dad I've known for a long time, Michael Walther. Uh, anyway, we are going uh, into Egypt be around Cairo almost the whole time, um, Sudanese and Sandinese refugees, and we'll be going into a couple prisons and then preaching to the believers in churches um, for about two weeks. So, very excited. You know what? Why don't we come down here? And if anybody out there would like to come and stand around, lay hands on Tim as well. Kathy, why don't we have you come away from the piano too? Why don't you stand up again? I'm sorry. I should have said it earlier. But um, just reach out a hand. But yeah, anybody come up here that is led to here? And Jill? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Please come, Lord. Please fill us. Fill your son and the team he go, he's going with. Let your breath fill them, O oh God. Let your glory fill them inside out. Father, give them insight. Give them eyes that see in the spirit. Give them ears that hear in the spirit. Give them understanding beyond what they're expecting. Give them the spirit of this hour, O oh God. A spirit of freedom. A spirit of power. A spirit of glory. A spirit with no bounds, a spirit with no fear, a spirit that, that is a blaze for you, O oh God. Give them a heart totally sold out for you. They will not hold back, even if it costs them their lives. Give them the, uh, the, the word of this hour, O oh God, for the people they will be meeting. Give them the word that pierces hearts, that pierces soul, O oh God, that breaks chains. Give them the word, O oh God, that heals, the God word that delivers, the word that set the captive free, the word that brings captives to you, O oh God. They will not speak any vain words, O oh God. But every words that come out of their mouth, O oh God, carries the heaven, the, 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 your glory, carries your Shekinah, O oh God, carries your Kabbalah, O oh God. Oh, 
Holy Spirit fill them. Even the rest of the team, wherever they are now, Lord, give them a new perspective. We thank you for Egypt, O oh God. This is a country that received your people, O oh God, when there was famine around the earth. This is a country, O oh God, that received your son, O oh God, when his life was threatened. We pray, O oh God, that you will remember them. Remember them, O oh God. Let the wind coming from you blow in Egypt, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Let a fresh wind blow, O oh God. Let salvation walk in the streets. Let salvation walk in the house. Let salvation walk in the, works, works in the public places, O oh God. Let salvation walk, O oh God, in the presidencies, O oh God. Wherever there are high grounds, O oh God, let your spirit be the one speaking. Bring souls back to you, O oh God. Redeem this nation, O oh God. From Egypt comes kings, O oh God, and queens. We thank you for what you are doing, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. That protection is around you also, that protection. Well, let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Children, sixth grade on down, we'll release you to your classes and places. Praise God. Doug and Abby, we can have you come on up here to get ready to share. Joyce has something. I'll share these first. I've got a few things, and then Joyce had a word here too just before we turn it over to Doug and Abby. You can come on up if you like, Doug and Abby. But today is a day that we will be having our shovelers go on the roof. With those snows, particularly that last one, the, the heaviness of it. Did you have something, Joan? Um, could I see the hands of those of you that are going to shovel today? Bless you. Um, would one of you be in charge? <laughs> Please. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you afterwards. Hallelujah. It's one of those things that there's a need. We know what can happen, as we saw last year. So we do need folks to... Okay. But anyway, we'll be doing that, and we have a lunch. We'll do that after lunch, probably, at least most. And uh, Carla and Scott Mandrell are preparing a meal. Next week we will be having a meal as well with Don Maria preparing that. And just a reminder, we have classes at 9 o'clock, also on Sunday mornings for those that... Uh, would like to take part in that. There's elementary things for those classes for the younger healing. There's a healing class, a foundations class, and also a prayer uh, gathering. So next, this coming Wednesday now, we'll be having our regular activities throughout the day. There's things going on, and you can probably see up there the things that are 
happening. We will be having the midweek uh, children and youth ministries this Wednesday night and school of ministry as well. So we're thankful for those things. And uh, Joyce has a When Dean was leading us in the worship, oh, come to the altar, I was reminded I really didn't sing the words of that song, and I have that different times because they become a prayer. And he reminded me um, in the political realm that that's our prayer. That's our prayer for the Minnesota, the people, the leaders politically in our states, in our nations. And I believe it came through Kenneth Copeland. It's like, how do we pray for their salvation? And you'll know very obviously if there's flashes of the news or you hear it somehow, you'll know who needs to be born again. So release those prayers. We get to be part of the prayer warriors for salvation for those that do not yet know the Lord as that song will come to the altar. But think of them as pre-Christians. They're just not there right now, but that's their pathway. They're ready in the Father's heart, but they're going to find Jesus and his love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. We have Doug and Abby here. I'm not going to give a lot of introduction. We all know I believe Doug and Abby, and we're just very thankful for them. And the Lord has a word that he's going to have them share for us. And thank you, Lord, for your anointing on Doug and Abby this morning as they bring forth your word. But not only that, thank you for your anointing on our ears that we would hear what you're saying to us corporately but also individually. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so my name is Doug. This is my wife, Abby. And... This is our yet-to-be-born daughter that's also yet-to-be-named. Um, we, uh, we're just very thankful for this opportunity, I think, to, to be able to uh, speak to everyone and, and share what's on our hearts um, about what God's been sharing with us, and I, I think what he wants to share with everyone else here, too. Um, I think uh, we've been praying and, and um, really seeking God here um, on and off here since Pastor Steve asked us to speak uh, quite a few weeks ago, and then we weren't able to because um, of a, a snowstorm quite a while back. But um, we just want to share just a basic truth about uh, our lifestyle as believers, and this is something that God is teaching us um, more so probably than than anyone else I know. <laughs> um, we've just really been like revelation after revelation, uh, digging in um, to the word and finding that this is just so important and foundational to um, our faith is to really understand that we are completely dead to sin as believers and alive in Christ. And what that truth really means is is incredible. Um, and so we're just going to um, go through a lot of scripture today. And um, I, I believe that God's word speaks for itself um, and uh, before we get started, I just want to pray real quick. 
Thank you, Father, so much for um, bringing this body together today, specifically for what you want to teach every one of us specifically today. Um, God, I just ask that you would you would speak through me and Abby as a mouthpiece, but that our opinions and, and our um, own thoughts would not be what comes through, but what you want to speak and what you want everyone else to hear would be what comes through our, our mouths today, God. Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts today and that you would just give us um, the eyes to see what you want us to see and the ears to hear what you want us to hear, God. In Jesus' name. Um, so, like I said, this is, this is a fact. We are dead to sin, and we are alive in Christ. And this is uh, effectively the New Testament vision of our way of acting as Christians, or like our lifestyle. And I think it's really important for us to dig into this as believers so that we can really understand how it is that, that we're supposed to act. I mean, because that's um, the, the reaction of, of uh, our faith, of, of what... Um, we've come to know what we believe. Um, the kind of a cool theme I was thinking of, uh, so a lot of this is, is thanks to uh, John Piper. He's, he's helped me have a lot of revelations in all of this. He's a um, uh, uh, really good um, theologian and pastor, if, if you're ever looking for a good resource. But he has, this, he has this saying, he says, become and experience who you are in Christ. And... It is really a good thought, but it takes a little while to really understand what it means. Um, so I'll kind of come back around to that at the end. You want to summarize it? Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. We're back. When Doug read that, um, when I saw what he wrote, Become an Experience, Who You Are in Christ, I read it and I was like, I don't get it. Is that... I don't get it. <laughs> and then, anyway, after reading through it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. And I don't know. It took a while for me to have the, like, revelation of what it meant. Yeah. So we're going to start in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. So go ahead and go to the next slide there, Benjamin. Um, so this verse uh, is just to kind of start us off with some foundational truth. Um, and it says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, which is what we are as believers now, right? We are in Christ. That is, that's like the definition of a Christian, right? Um, he is a new creation, is a new creation, not will be, not um, at some point. We are a new creation now when we're in Christ. Um, the old has passed away, past tense, okay? The new, behold, the new has come. Um, so, in Christ. So that means we're united to Christ by the action of the Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that does that, okay? And it's, it's through faith. So when we have seen what God has done for us, when we um, hear the gospel for the first time and we respond to it, and we say, yes, God, I want that. I want that free gift of salvation. Um, that is uh, an act of faith on our part, and it's the Holy Spirit that takes and, and puts us in Christ, and it's by the action of the Holy Spirit that we become a new creation. Um, and then we are made one with him. We're made one with Christ. Um, yeah. So go ahead and go to the next one there. 
So 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. Um, and this is Paul dealing with the uh, church in Corinth about um, some things that they had been dealing with. They were dealing with arrogance and pride, um, what he calls boasting. And um, it, not, not a good type of pride, um, but more of like a, a self-righteous type of pride that, that they were dealing with at the church in Corinth. So this is his message to them. He said, your boasting is not good. Do, not, do you not know that a little leaven is leavens the whole lump? And what he means by leaven, he's, he's using it as uh, an example of sin, right? Um, and of course, leaven is, is like a rising agent in bread, so it was a good analogy to use back then. Um, so he said, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So um, he's saying, cleanse out the leaven um, so that you may be a new lump, but you really are a new lump. You really are already unleavened. So it's this weird paradox, right? It's like, my first thought is, um, well, if I'm a new lump, if I don't have any leaven in me, if I don't have any sin in me, right? That's the analogy here then why do I need to cleanse the leaven out if there isn't any in me? Um, and that's kind of the paradox of the Christian life, right? It's us taking claim and really deciding that because of this new truth, this new reality that I don't have any sin in me now because I have Christ in me, I have to get it out. And that's what Paul is telling the church in Corinth to do. It's, it's this funny paradox, but that's the paradox of the gospel. It's the... Um, it, it's the thing that we have to kind of get our heads wrapped around to really understand um, who we really are. Um, so that's, that's really the theme here is there's a reality. The reality is you've been made new. You are unleavened. You're not guilty of any sin in Christ. You are new in Christ. You are perfect in Christ. You are whole in Christ. Now, get out the old leaven. Get rid of it, right? Um, and so that's the Christian life. Um, it's, it's kind of like that old leaven lingers. It, it's like it doesn't want to go away. So I'm recovering from the flu right now. And um, excuse me if I have a coughing fit. That's why I'm using a handheld mic so I can move it away from my mouth if I need to. Um, but but the, I believe the flu is gone out of me. Uh, but there's this phlegm that's still lingering in my respiratory system <laughs> to use a terrible, sorry, picture. Um, but I have to get this stuff out, right? So I'm coughing and getting rid of it, and I don't want that phlegm anymore. It's, it's going to be gone um, today. Um, so, so that's, sorry, that was a bad analogy, but it's the closest thing to what I'm dealing with right now. So, yeah, it's real life, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so, and that's one of the ways we, like, prove ourselves to be united with Christ is to attack that old leaven and get rid of that old sin in our life, and it's old, right? It's, I love how he says, cleanse out the old leaven. It's old. It's not you anymore. It's not you in Christ anymore. It, it doesn't fit, right? Um, and so that's what we do. We fight against it, and we help each other fight against it. Um, and, man, we have to just kill our pride in order to do that in ourselves and to help other people do that. Because as Christians, it's so easy to get in this mindset where we have to look perfect, especially in front of everyone else in the church. And as soon as we think we have to look perfect, 
um, we start hiding that old sin that, that's still left in us and no one can help us get it out because we don't want to let anyone in. Um, and man, is that really what our spouse is good for because you can't really hide it from them. Um, at some point, uh, they usually figure out that you still have that, that old leaven in you and they try to pick it out. So really good at that. But invite it. I mean, like, um, me and Abby have been trying to get better at that, right? Uh, asking each other, hey, is there anything that you see in me that needs to leave? Um, and it's amazing. Um, it, it's a hard conversation, but it's amazing how helpful it can be. So. Oh, no. Well, since you're talking about that, um, that makes me think of First John 1, um, 8 through 9. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then in James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And that's been... Oh, man, so convicting for me, just kind of what you were sharing, too, of not staying in that attitude of pride, um, but being willing to, especially even with your spouse, be vulnerable and be like, hey, here's what I'm dealing with, um, and, like, praying for each other. And then um, I asked Doug this question the other day. I was like, okay, so, you know, we're talking about this, and what if someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, I'm dealing with this sin, but I know, like, I am a new creation. This is who I am in Christ, but how do I, how do I deal with this in my life? It's like, well, we have the word. <laughs> Turn to the word. We have each other. Let's pray for each other. Let's hold each other accountable because um, you're not your old sinful self anymore. That's not who you are. You're a new creation in Christ. Um, so... I don't know. So this, the word is so powerful, um, and that's been convicting to me. Like, we got to be in this so we know who we are. <laughs> um, this is what trains us. This is what trains us and teaches us who we are, um, and it's just so good. Yeah. Okay, Ben, you can go to the next uh, slide there. So I'm going to go through, actually, I almost wanted to read all the way through Romans 6, but I'll read through a little bit of it. But I only put up um, kind of the key points so that it wouldn't be overwhelming. Romans is absolutely packed with uh, very incredible, life-changing uh, theology, really. And, and I can't get too deep into a lot of it because I would be up here for four days straight. Plus, I don't know a lot of it, so that wouldn't help. Um, I'd have to have Pastor Steve come back up. But anyway, uh, the part that I've really been studying and God's been uh, revealing to me is Romans 6. And this is the chapter that really focuses on how we're dead to sin and alive in Christ. That's kind of where we got that theme. And so Romans 6 at verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Um, and so it says it right there, right? As believers, we have died to sin. How can we still live in it? Um, and then it says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, 
by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so there's that theme of we have died to sin. And that's, that's what he's saying there when he says that, that we, have, we have died with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ as he's talking about that old self. And then verse 6 says, We know that our old self was crucified, that with him, or sorry, our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So he keeps kind of repeating the same thing over and over again, right? It's kind of the same uh, theme. And then verse eight, verse 8, it says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. This is the part that's exciting for sure. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. And then verse 11, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. So we're completely free, right? We are completely free from sin. We don't have to be in sin um, there's obviously still this struggle with it, but we have victory over it as we are in Christ, right? And that's really uh, just this incredibly powerful truth that I don't think uh, we can ever have this 100% understanding of, but the more God reveals of it to you, the more free you'll be from sin. So if you're struggling with sin in any way, that's really the kind of the first place to start is to just Go to God's word and go to God and just say, help me really understand, God, how free I am from sin and, and just ask him to show you so much deeper than you already know how really free you are so that you don't have to struggle anymore um, the way you've been struggling with it. Um, so there's, there's that reality in the first part of the verse that we're, de- we're dead to sin and alive in Christ. And then the second part of the verse is kind of the, uh, the duty or, or the, the action, right? Where he says in verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. And um, that word consider, I, I looked it up because I was, I was curious. There's so much meaning behind that because um, it's, it's what Paul is asking um, us to do, right? So he's saying, so, so consider the definition of it is to take into account that we are dead to sin, to purpose or decide or determine, to reckon, um, to count or compute or calculate. So to basically take into account in our everyday life, in our, in our every moment, that we are dead to sin in everything we do and in, in every, in every uh, decision we make. Um, and, of course, not only that we're dead to sin, but that we're alive to God because that's really where the power comes to not have to struggle with that sin anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, you can go you can go to the next verse there, uh, Ben. So Colossians 3, 3 through 5, 
This is another reality verse that is really important for us to understand. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, I, it's easier for me to add a so here. So, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Um, same theme, right? So you have the reality and kind of the reaction or the duty to it. Um, and uh, I'll, I'm going to go over kind of the four verses we just read in summary, right? So the reality is you are really unleavened. You're perfect. You are sinless because you're in Christ. Therefore, cleanse out the old leaven. Romans 6. We have died to sin. Therefore, let us consider ourselves dead to sin. The reality, in Colossians 3, you have died, therefore put to death what is earthly in you, right? It's the reality and then the reaction to that reality. Um, and so the kind of the whole theme is become what you are. Okay, so in order for us to become what we are, we have to understand, or who we are, we have to understand who we are and what our position is in Christ. When we understand that, we can aim to become that. We have a target to shoot at. Um, so remember that. If, if you're struggling with something, that you are becoming what you are in Christ. Okay? And if, and if you're kind of waffling and you, and you kind of forget, well, I don't really remember who I am or, or what I am, go back to the Word and look. Search it. Let God show you who you are. And then you can find, oh, that's who I am. I, I forgot. Right? Um, and so that, the other day, that kind of reminded me, I'm going to skip a little bit here, but that reminded me of that, that verse in James 1, that says, um, be doers of the word and not, only hear, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Um, don't worry, Ben, you don't have to try to find it. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, right? It's like, I'm, I'm studying the word as my mirror, right, of, of who I am. I'm, I'm looking at, at this is who I am now. And then it says, for he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Right, we can be forgetful. I can be forgetful. Um, but, and then in verse 25 it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the perfect law of, liber of liberty, which is the word, which is the gospel, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So, for me, in order for me to really remember anything, I have to commit it to my memory. It takes a lot of effort. And um, a lot of the time, it takes uh, like doing something at least once a day for me to remember um, anything. So for me to remember who I am in Christ, um, really what it is going to take, talking future tense here, is for me to look in the Word every day, to look at the perfect law of liberty, to look in my mirror this is my mirror as a Christian, and to really see who I am every day so I don't just walk away and forget. Um, so, uh, the, I, I wrote a note down here. The yet to be is based on who you already are. The obligation of life in Christ, all our doing, is based on the fact that we're a new creation in, in Christ and that... Um, uh, and then all our, all our doing in Christ is based on what's already done. 
So there's so many different ways you could put this, but it, it just it sounds like a paradox, right? Um, but, the, but the reason it sounds like a paradox is because it has to be this direction. Otherwise, you would be earning your salvation and you're not, right? What you're doing every day doesn't earn your salvation. That's already been purchased and bought, right? So the reason that this seems backwards is because um, Jesus, it's already done. The work is already finished. You are already a perfect new creation in Christ. So now become what you are, right? Yeah. Now it's walking it out daily, yeah. right? Choosing, choosing to, um, choosing to become what we are. Um, in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So um, when you've given your life to Jesus, you've become his child. You've been adopted into the family of God, um, which is so exciting. And um, I love how it says, and walk in love as Christ loved us. Not walk in love so Christ will love you, Walk in love because he already loves you. Like, we, we want to walk in love because he loves us. Um, yeah, so it's not a trying to earn his love. It's not trying to earn his salvation. It's not trying to earn anything. It's a matter of, like, we're desiring to be obedient, and we're desiring to um, love the people around us because that's how, that's what God does. He loves us. He, um, he chose us, you know, and once you have this view, um, like a biblical view of who you are in Christ, it's, and this is what I'm learning is, like, I want to really know this, and I want to really understand this and, like, grasp it for myself of, wow, God, this is how you view me. This is who I am now, because once you have like a revelation of that or a taste of that, it's going to reflect in the way you view other people. It's going to reflect in the way um, you view your coworkers, um, your neighbors. Um, you're not going to see, you're not going to be as prone to see like the negative. You're going to be like, okay, God, this is how you view me. This is how you view this person. Um, you love me. You love them, <laughs> you know? Um, so when it says we're therefore be imitators of God, that's like a, a call for us to um, walk in holiness. Um, and we can do that um, by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us. Um, not by our own doing, <laughs> but by his grace. Um, which brings me to, so Chantel shared this on Facebook, um, and I wish I could show the video, but I don't know if you guys have heard of the band We the Kingdom. They have a song called Holy Water. And before you posted this song, I'd been listening to it like on repeat. And um, the bridge just really, um, I don't know, it's just so good. So I guess I'll attempt. Um, I'm going to try to sing it, and I might sing it through twice. And I just want you guys to like let the words kind of soak in. Um, it goes, I don't want to abuse your grace, 
God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. And just when I hear that, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> that's so, I don't know, I feel like probably a lot of our hearts, you know, it's like, God, I don't want to abuse your grace, but, man, <laughs> we really need it every day. <laughs> um, and not in a way of, okay, God, I need your grace. Like, I, I sinned or I did this, and I'm just going to kind of keep living the way I want to, but I have your grace. I'm okay. It's not that. It's like the opposite. It's this mindset of, oh, man, I, I want to walk in my new identity, and I can only do that by your grace every day. And that, and it's your grace, it's the power of your grace that is making me change. It's making me become who I am, right? It's making me become what your word says I am now. Um, I hope this, it's kind of, I don't know, a crazy thing what we're talking about, but I hope it's kind of sinking in. And if you keep digging in for yourself, digging into this word, if you want any of these scriptures, he's going to reveal this more and more to us, to you guys. Um, <laughs> amen. Um, so I think we'll just skip straight to the last slide there, Ben. We were skipping around on you all over the place, exactly what I said I wouldn't do. Um, sorry about that. So um, it's really, so what Abby mentioned, that's, that, that really needs to be uh, a big focus too of this is um, you can't, live sin-free on your, by your own power. Like, it, it's not going to happen. Um, a lot of people have tried it. It's called self-righteousness. It doesn't work. Um, so, it, you know, this truth is, is so soul-changing because it is the only way to live sin-free is in Christ. And that's why um, it's such a life-changing, uh, why the gospel is so life-changing is in, in Christ. Um, we can be completely new creations. And so this, this verse Titus from Titus 2.11 is, is just really encouraging and kind of uh, encapsulates uh, this truth so well. Um, it says, for the, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And so the, this is so cool. In, so in verse 12, um, when it says that uh, we're being trained to renounce ungodliness, well, what is training us? It's God's saving grace. It says the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness. So it's God's saving grace that is our, that is our trainer. It's, it's the Holy Spirit and just that, that saving grace uh, that trains us to renounce sin or to say no to sin and to say yes to God. And, um, and then I love in verse 14 where it says, he's, uh, 
he's purifying for himself a people um, for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And that word zealous is, is so awesome because it, um, it means eagerly devoted is, uh, I think, how it was translated when I looked at it uh, in Blue Letter Bible. And that's really cool because we're not only devoted, but we're eagerly, eagerly devoted. So it's not a begrudging devoted uh, or like a military I'm going to attention because that's what I'm supposed to do when, you know, uh, an officer walks in the room. But it's, I am excited to be devoted to this. I am thankful, I'm so thankful and grateful for what God has done and for my, my new status as a believer that I'm just happy to be devoted to God and just happy to do good works because of who I am in Christ now. Um, so it's, it's from a place of thankfulness and, uh, and passion for um, pleasing God. And that's kind of the last thing I want to talk about is that is, this is such an important thing that we live to please God and God only and not man. And what I mean by man is mankind, people. Um, the hardest thing I think in my life has been to try and ignore my desire to please the people around me before I am pleasing to God. And, I'm, and what I mean by that is not um, being mean to people uh, so that I can do what God wants me to do or saying no to you because God wants me to do this. Pleasing God is following the things that, that he has set forth for me and doing it uh, with a zealous passion. So God has called me to love, right? Jesus summed that up pretty well. Um, and so when I live to please God, I love people no matter what the cost, right? Um, I live out the Beatitudes no matter what the cost. Um, and so I, I don't try to, and this is, I'm not saying I do this right now. This is my, my passion is to, to get to this place, but to not live just to please people um, because that's, that's not, that's not going to be a very fulfilling life. Um, I want to please God. Um, and then, in, so in Colossians 3.27, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You are serving the Lord Christ, it says later on in the verse. So that's something we are directed to do as well. So, um, Yeah, so just um, hope that you guys are just, we want this to be encouraging, not a, like, finger-pointing <laughs> thing, because um, everything we're sharing, this is something that the Lord is teaching us and that we're learning and growing in and will continue to um, as time goes on. And, um, yeah, I guess... I kind of had it on my heart that just if, if you feel like the Holy Spirit has brought any form of like conviction in, in an area in your life where um, you just need to repent like to the Lord or you feel like you need to confess to a close brother or sister in Christ that you can trust, do it. That's called obedience. You know, the Lord is showing you like, hey, here's, here's an area in your life that I want um, I want to, like, refresh and renew this. <laughs> um, I don't want you to stay in this anymore. Um, so just, I encourage you to just, like, walk in that obedience and just 
just do it today. Because um, the more you stew in it, the more you try to hide it, um, whatever it is, um, you're going to feel miserable. So just, just release it to the Lord and repent. And he is just and faithful to forgive. And that's what he does. Um, and he will just refresh you and renew you. Um, so... Yeah, so God, we just thank you so much. I, God, just help us to live in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, Father. Um, <laughs> by faith, I, I just ask that you would just increase everybody's faith in this room, Lord, that you would just give them a new revelation of who you have made each and every one of us in you, and that uh, who you have made us is our true selves. We're not going to find who we are uh, within our own flesh or within some book or within some motivational speaker, but we're going to find who we truly are when we look to you, God. So I ask that you would do that today, God, that you would just give us all a a refreshed passion to dig into the perfect law, the perfect mirror that will show us who who we are, Lord, um, and that we'll dig into that and we'll, we'll discover that by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Doug and Amy, that was an excellent exhortation to us, your church family, you know, to look in that mirror of the word to see who we are. And we do, just like it says in that scripture in James, we, we need to continue to do that, but then to walk it out and to hear it from you, you know, just a great encouragement for us. And that thing, too, of, <clears throat> like, I think it's in John 15, one of the verses that Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. You want to. You know, it's his, really, it's his want to in us and what his love is in us that then we want to do. And it's not, it's not in our strength. It's, it's all in him by his amazing grace, that amazing grace. Thank you for sharing that with us. The only thing... Abby sang for us. Doug, you didn't sing. You want to sing? <laughs> we won't make you sing. <laughs> the rapping. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, we're going to pray for the, th- the third one in your family. Come on, for, for all of you. And uh, how should we do that? Let's... Um, and... Uh, Dane and Becky, I, I got it on my heart for you to come up here to be real close with them. But then anybody else, like dads or moms are welcome or, you know, whoever wants to come around, we're going to, maybe we can just come down here again like we did with Tim. And uh, <clears throat> but actually, Becky, I had it in my heart to, and I know you didn't know this, but just pr- just pray whatever comes out, you know. You can come here and lay hands in. And I'll hold the mic for you. This is Gwen Elizabeth Johnson here. And next next Sunday, she's going to get dedicated to the Lord. Did you know that, Gwen? She sees Joyce. A few months ago, you were, well, we won't explain all that now. But, but uh, your mom's going to pray. 
for this mama and daddy too. Lord, we just thank you for the blessing of Doug and Abby and all the fellowship that they share with all the people around the world. It's more than just here in our community and the blessing that you've given them of a baby girl that they're going to be welcoming to the world soon. And Can you just uh, keep working with them and learning more about you and the things that you have for them in the world and the places they're going to go and the things that they can teach us, all of us, even the people that have been in the Word for so long and the new things that you teach them and they can teach us. It's, it's really amazing, the things that you've done with them. Lord, we just... Uh, we thank you for this blessing to the church family, to the Cootley family, to the Modry family. Lord, we just thank you for this precious child as she will grow up and be involved with, oh, church, Lord. We just thank you for, for a new life in the body of Christ. We ask just a special blessing. Keep her healthy. Keep her strong. Keep Abby healthy and strong and Doug during uh, delivery. And Lord, we just, uh, we ask for smooth everything. Transition into the real world here. Thank you, Lord, for Doug and Abby and baby girl. Does anyone else want to pray before we're done? I'd like you all to stand up and reach out a hand. I think there's a few others that are supposed to come up here too. And just lay a hand on we can make a you know, a circle, enlarge the circle. Just come on up. Hallelujah. Can you feel the baby moving? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. She will be an exception to this generation. She will hear specifically from you, O God. Just like Mary, O God, she will keep herself pure for your glory. Spiritually, physically, mentally, O God. She will think only for you. She will breathe for you. She will speak for you, O God. Let her be a sign for the church, O oh God, a consecrated bride unto your glory. We cover her just like Mary with your glory. And Father, we say that no darkness shall come close to her. Even in her infancy, O oh God, your light shines around her. The eye of the enemy will not see her in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy against her and her family, O oh God, shall not work because your angels are watching in the name of Jesus. We rebuke any plan of the enemy against this family, O oh God. We declare in the name of Jesus that they are in your care. They are in your protection. They are in your glory in the name of Jesus. In the palm of your hands they are, O oh God, where the enemy shall not see them. Let it be the same for every other family here, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Protect the father's mind. 
Give the Father insight, O oh God, into your glory. Protect the mother's heart, O oh God. Give them understanding and peace in the name of Jesus. Protect all the children that we have, O oh God. They are yours, O oh God. We bind them to you, O oh God. We bind our children to you, O oh God. Every sickness around them we command out in the name of Jesus. Father, let them be flames of fire for your glory when they go to school. When they are playing with your friends, oh God, they are flaming fires in the name of Jesus. Our children hear you. They see you. They speak you. They walk in you, oh God. Just like Jesus growing, oh God, they will have an understanding of who you are. Your mystery, oh God, will not be hidden to them. Because this is your promise for us and our children, oh God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there's, as we were saying earlier, there's no fear, no dread. It's just the bubble of the Lord Jesus Christ, that anointing. And we say the bloodline of the Lord Jesus, like a bubble, you know, what he has done. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Do you have something to say, Gwen? <laughs> well, we'll see you next Sunday, same place. Sounds good. Sounds good. Amen. Amen. If there's anyone that uh, would like to receive Jesus as Savior or receive the baptism in the Spirit or um, prayer for healing or anything like that, we'll have altar ministers up here to pray with you. Remember, there's the meal and then also anybody that can help upstairs or up way upstairs there to get some of that snow off, that'd be great. God bless you all.